Hi, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. So this month on the show, we are focusing on a topic near and dear to my heart, and that is podcasting. Uh, Personally, I've had this podcast for four years now, and my Content with Character podcast, my new podcast, was launched into the world on my birthday this year, May 13th. 2023. Um, I am a huge podcast listener as well as a big fan of collaborating with my fellow podcasters. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I connect with a lot of podcasters. And beyond just the microphone, I believe that podcasting has the power to change lives. Now, I believe that this can happen in so many different ways, but just to kind of like scratch the surface, Podcasting can help people to access information and education that they might not otherwise be able to afford. Podcasting can give a podcaster a voice for their own message or give a platform to others who might not have a voice uh, or might not have a place to share their message. Podcasts can raise awareness about issues, people, concept, ideas, Um, and also education around those things. As a podcaster, I think that it gives you an opportunity to learn, grow, evolve. Like the journey of podcasting itself is such a growth journey. And, you know, a single podcast episode can absolutely change your life, be it the entire trajectory of your life or a perception or a perspective, or it can help you to have a difficult conversation the options of how a podcast can change your life, the possibilities of how a podcast can change your life are endless. And you also, through podcasting, really get to connect with others in a very unique way. Now, as a listener, this comes through the host that you listen to. You're like building this kind of like relationship with the host of the show. And As a podcaster, you often connect with other podcasters, you connect with your guests, you get to have amazing conversations with your community and with your listeners, like you just never know where it will lead. So I believe, that is why I believe that podcasting can change your life. And if you want to hear more thoughts kind of along this vein, I get into a lot of these sort of topics on my Content with Character podcast. Now, that is a solo show. I dive into all things visibility and marketing, of which podcasting is one of those topics. So I'll make sure that there's a link to that in the show notes. But you are here. Since you are here listening to this podcast, the She Built This podcast, I also want to kind of reassure you that just because I'm focusing this month on podcasting here, it doesn't actually mean that it's going to exclude those of you who don't have one. Because what you're up for, for example, in this episode, today's episode, you are in for a lot of entrepreneurial wisdom, a lot of -of out-of-the-box thinking, concepts around content in general. So this is going to help you no matter what you're creating. And then in the next episode, I'm not actually sure if I should leave it as a surprise or not. Oh boy, it's a real conundrum. Uh, Nope, I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. So in the next episode, I'm super excited because my guest and I, Kim Dawson, 
also a podcaster, also a fellow podcaster, we are going to be doing a podcast swap in which we're actually going to interview each other and play hostess with the mostess on each other's shows. It's going to be very fun. We are both going to like kind of follow this train of curiosity about one another. And I think you're going to learn some new things. So stay tuned for that. Um, If you don't already know who I am, maybe this is your first time listening to the She Built This podcast. Hello. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content copywriter. I'm the host of this show, She Built This, as well as the host of the Content with Character podcast, as aforementioned. I also do a lot of speaking workshops. I write lots of informational blogs on content and content creation and marketing and visibility. And you can find all of that at my website, emilyaborn.com. I'll make sure that link is in the show notes for you. Today, though, we are not talking about me. We are talking with Adam Adams. Adam Adams has a loyal following in the podcast space, and he actually sold his first podcast. Then he launched his show, Podcast on Podcasting, which is a show I personally listen to every single episode. I love this show. It's ranked as a top show for podcasters. Um, Adam is the founder of growyourshow.com, where they help to get your message out to the world. Grow Your Show, he says, is the easy button for podcasters that want to have a top-rated show without all the hard work. They're clients are getting ranked in the top 1% on iTunes and other top charts, which means that they have more influence than the other 99%. Adam Adams and I met through our mutual friend, Lisa Zerotny. Hi, Lisa, if you're listening. Lisa and I are friends in the podcasting space, but more importantly, uh, friends in real life, which is what I mean. That is exactly what I mean when I say that podcasting can change your life. Like you meet so many fabulous people and some of them even become your friends. I had a chance to be on Adam's podcast, the podcast on podcasting recently, and I'll be sure that a link to that episode is in the show notes. And I think that's all you really need to know right now. So as I always say, without further ado, I know I adoed a little longer than normal today, but it was fun. Admit it. You liked it. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into my interview with Adam. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, Adam, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is very exciting. It's like podcaster to podcaster. Although I think you're a little more, you're further along in your journey than I am. But um, yeah, I'm very excited to have this chat. So to kick us off, we read your bio before you joined. So everybody kind of has an idea of what you do. But I like to hear about what brought you to do what you do. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey, how you got started if you have any moments, we like to hear those too. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Then I will get deep. That's, uh, that's you, you asked for it and your listener is going to get it. Um, so I'm going to go all the way back to kindergarten. 
Oh and, boy. <laughs> and this is when, so I'm different than all the other kids. I don't know exactly why. I think I've got a bit of autism, dyslexia and ADD. So I'm just, I'm, I am in my own world all the time. I'm thinking about whatever I'm thinking about and I don't get everybody else's jokes. So this is actually part of this like story that you're asking for. And that was in kindergarten when I was getting made fun of by uh, bigger kids than me and, and other kids because I'd be off in the corner doing something random, something that they weren't interested in and I wouldn't always get their jokes. This is important because I had to prove myself. I always felt like I had to prove myself. So growing up, that was a big thing. And the secondary situation that I think brought me to where I am today is my dad, my stepdad. Um, he was an entrepreneur and a real estate investor. So growing up, I worked for different ones of his companies. I would do snow plowing on the storage units. I would do watering trees on the farm. I would do landscaping as well. And he really poured into me. I mean, he really wanted me to be a good man as I, as I grew up, and it was important to him. And investing was important. So he read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think 1997, right when it came out. We had the, we had, um, the cash flow game right when it came out. And so my dad wanted me to play it. He wanted me to read this book. Of course, I mentioned I'm dyslexic, so I don't love reading. And the third thing is that my dad noticed that I just wasn't taking action on anything that he taught me growing up. And I was in college and he bought me a piece of land, a little cabin lot. And that, is, that was my first piece of real estate that I ever owned. And I sold it two years later and I made a huge profit. By making that profit on this, on this, it made me actually say, you know, I'll read that book finally. So I, I plugged in, and I got through it somehow, and and I learned a couple things from Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it was that he basically made all of his money through business, and he put all of his money in real estate to protect it. So that became my thing, uh, not because my dad told me, but because Robert Kiyosaki, the the author, told me, and uh, so I started. In back then, in I guess it was 2006, where I started doing my own company, real estate investing, and all that kind of stuff, and um, ended up uh, <laughs> getting hit by a crash of 2008. Um, so I thought for a second that I was bad at business, and so I made some changes and I went back to doing working for other people. And then in 2015, my dad came back and he's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta start investing. What's your deal? I've been telling you this your whole life. So we went to a real estate seminar and I got back into it. And then I actually went full time real estate investing. And that lasted through 2019 when I started uh, grow your show, which is a, and my podcast on podcasting, which was just to support other podcasters. Uh, so that's kind of how it looks. Of course, I skipped some parts, but that's kind of the origin story, if you will. Yeah. And you, you sold your first podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yep. And so real estate, remember how I said I went full-time real estate in 2015? In 2016, I ended up launching a podcast in real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my goal for that podcast was in order to have passive investors people that were really rich, wealthy, well-off, and were just ready to invest with other people. And so I was, I was pretty excited. I had a lot of fun, but I thought 
I'm going to have to have a podcast if I'm going to get in front of people. And the podcast did a lot of things for me, but I did make one giant mistake that I'll tell you about. The podcast did a ton for me. It grew my network. It made it really easy for me to buy and sell real estate, made it much easier for me to raise money. Um, it got me on stages at a lot of other people's conferences around the country. So I was like flying from Boston to uh, Miami to um, Los Angeles and everywhere in between to speak on these stages. And it happened because I had a thought leadership platform and I really worked it. And I, in, I got as many people on my show as I could. And they saw me as somebody who had influence. And so they were like, Hey, why don't you come speak at my conference? And it got me in front of hundreds or thousands of people that like I had never met before. So that was pretty cool. The mistake that I had made though, in starting that podcast about real estate is that I did, I wasn't conscious about the whole purpose. Although it did serve a lot of good, I wasn't actually attracting a passive investor, like somebody who was well off, a high net worth individual. I wasn't really attracting them based on the title of that show. Mm -hmm. It was called, it was called um, the creative real estate podcast. So it really speaks to somebody who doesn't have a lot of money and they got to be creative in order to buy real estate. And that's what I did really well some, from 2005 on to 2015 when I went full time. I did a lot of transactions that I didn't have to put a lot of my own money in. And so I wanted to teach other people that. And I learned this after a while of helping other people launch podcasts, uh, understanding the avatar. And then I kept saying, man, I'm helping this person. They're getting ranked one per top 1% in the world. And I'm not. And, um, I didn't, I was 0.5 when I finally sold it, but I wasn't ranking as high as they were. And I wasn't, I didn't understand my avatar as well as I taught them to understand their avatar. And so I kept thinking, and this is it, this is important to say anyone who's listening, who has kids, you can't just, you, you, I would say 99.999% of us would never give our kid back, kid back and, and get a new one because that's, it's like, it doesn't matter. It, you know, it doesn't matter if they lost an arm or, or if they're sassy or if they're whatever, too short, too tall, too fat, too skinny. Um, it doesn't really matter because that's your kid. And that's how I felt about that podcast. It was called creative real estate podcast. It didn't serve my real purpose, but I loved it. And so I guess I was talking to a mastermind group and I was like, Hey guys, um, I don't know what to do because I don't want to kill the podcast. I don't want to kill my baby. So I've really raised it and it's, it's doing well now. And, and, and so I don't want to squash it and I don't know what to do. And they said, well, why don't you try selling it? And I go, well, I don't know who would buy it. And three people in that mastermind is like, how many people listen? I told them, they go, I'll give you $50,000 for it right now. Another person wow. gave me a higher offer. Another person gave me an even, even higher offer. And I'm like, what? I guess you could sell a podcast. And so I had to figure out how to do that, talk to attorneys and, and we ended up selling it. And, um, and I, that's when I pivoted and started doing what I'm doing now. Okay. So did you, I have to know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Um, did you get the podcasting bug before you started that podcast or 
as you were doing it, you realized how much you loved it. Because one thing that you said, which I don't think that everyone naturally jumps to, is you said, I knew that in order to get in front of people, I had to start a podcast. So I don't think that that's everyone's natural jump. I mean, like, I love it, but um, I don't think that that's where everyone's brain goes. So which came first? Which came first? Did I have a podcast? Wait, wait. I guess I guess this might answer the question. I was it, it, before going full time in real estate. I was an Android user. I didn't know everything about Apple. Uh, I never wanted an Apple. You know, you you either you're on one side and you hate everybody on the other side. Well, I'm I'm. We that. don't hate the people, just the technology <laughs> on the other side. I'm the dummy who switched it. I'm the dummy who switched. Um, some people were t- showing me that you've got these free things called podcasts and, and they're just good content and you can learn anything like, like college and, uh, and th- you could do it straight from your phone. So I grabbed my phone and I'm like, I don't see the app. Like, I don't see it. Am I just stupid? And they're like, Oh, you need an iPhone. Uh, okay. Well, should I buy an iPhone? So I got a second phone. I, I just, I got a second phone. I had kids and I knew that they were going to eventually get older and, it doesn't matter if I've got two phones. So I just grabbed one, uh, an iPhone. I started using it and I got engrossed in a few different podcasts and started listening to different ones, started learning a lot. And then that's when I said, I, this is like my personality. I want to be there offering value to other people. And, you know, this guy's pushing record and, the next thing that you know that they're, they're probably in front of thousands of people. It's so much easier than hosting a conference, uh, advertising the conference. Well, I should do that. And so that's kind of how I ended up launching that first one. And then on the second one, I think I launched the business first in 2019. Um, and then six months later in 2020, I officially launched the podcast. And I know that you do have your niche, your avatar, like pretty honed in. So who do you specifically work with and like, what do you help them with? Yeah. So when I, when we talk about avatar, at least on my podcast, we say that your avatar is your perfect person and it's, you're, you're never going to be racist or sexist or anything else Um, When you select one person, it's just that you wouldn't do a good job really at hosting your podcast. If you were trying to think of all of these different people and pleasing everyone, you want to have somebody. And so for me, my, my avatar in podcasting is uh, a guy who's in his mid forties. He's got three kids that are older teenagers. He's a real estate investor. He has had a podcast for a few years, but it's not working for him as much time and attention and effort that he puts behind the podcast, he only has hundreds of listeners instead of hundreds of thousands of listeners. And he doesn't know what to do. Um, and he's wondering if he should quit it because it's not working the way that he wanted to. So we come in and we help them grow their podcast and offload all the production and do the, um, the marketing for them so they can get in front of the people that they really want to without, you know, lifting another finger. Actually, it makes it easier on them. So Corey Peterson is my actual avatar. Um, so much so that every time I do content, I imagine that I'm just having a conversation with Corey. Some people could put a picture of that person on their screen. 
I don't do that. I have a pretty good imagination. I don't need the picture. Just I'm used to it. Every time I get behind the mic, it's it's I'm I'm behind Corey. Corey and I are talking face to face and I'm only only asking questions that that apply to him. I'm only uh, bring, bringing up content that would apply to him, only bring up content that would help him to be able to make his next decision in his podcast journey. And so that's my main avatar. But I have a secondary avatar um, who is brand new about to launch because I understand that a lot of people that want to launch a podcast, they're they're going to go and try to get some uh, some fee- uh, advice before they even start. So I just have a secondary avatar, which was basically me before I started the podcast. Uh, my own self became my secondary avatar where I'm remembering back to me in 2015, 2016, when I was uh, switching to this journey and knowing that I needed to have a podcast, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I certainly didn't want to ever end up like Corey and you know do all this work and effort for years and have it not really do anything for me. So, um, so I am my own secondary avatar and it doesn't mean I'm sexist. It doesn't mean whatever color he is. It doesn't mean I don't like somebody else. I serve men, women, I serve black, white, Hispanic, Indian, Asian, and and a lot of other, uh, I serve people from other countries. I serve people without kids. I'm not like only going to work with you. If you have three kids, that's, it's nothing like that. It's just, I know exactly who I'm talking to. And that allows me to be better at offering the best amount of value to him. So you talk about you talked about something that I talk about all the time from a from a content perspective, from a written perspective. Um, and I love bringing that into the the audio as well. And I talk about like being really, really specific about who you're speaking to and even more specific about even the way that you describe their quote unquote pain points. So like in your example, you can actually probably imagine exactly what he's doing in a day and use pieces of that in the content that you're sharing. So I love that. And it it makes me want to ask you this question when it comes to content in general, what do you think makes for the best content. And then I also like kind of want to flip that on its head. Like, what do you see people doing in their content that you're like, please just stop? Uh, it is tough to, to just answer quickly. What is the best content? Cause I think that there's a few parts that need to be there. There's a few parts that need to be in place in order to make for content that is going to get all, uh, to, to deliver on everything that you're looking for. For example, shareability is important if you want, quote, good content. And so one thing that makes you shareable is being different than other people. If you're saying the same thing that everybody's heard all the time, mm. then nobody's going to like share your stuff because it's, it's common knowledge. It, you're not going to, you're not going to have a unique spin on anything. So, so part one is have a unique spin. I call that drawing a line in the sand. Uh, and on my podcast, I always talk about this this cave person named Uh, and how he found fire and how he drew a line in the sand. And instead of saying, "Hey, I would like to be a leader just like he's a leader," um, anyone who wants to come, come on over. He didn't do that. He was like, "Guys, this fire scares away saber tooth tigers. My kid got eaten by a saber tooth tiger. Sarah's kid got eaten by saber tooth tiger." All you would have had to do is hold this up and they would have ran away. This is how you protect yourself. This current chief right now, they 
aren't looking at that. They think that this is a devil. I get it, but they, they aren't, they don't, you're going to like lose your kids if you stay over there. But on this side of the line of the sand, things are different. So you've got to have a new spin, something a little bit different. You, you need to, unfortunately, you need to share how it's different. That's one thing that makes good content. Another thing that is good content is that it's memorable. And a couple of ways to make it memorable is to use stories. And so you constantly hear me, even right now yeah, yeah. on your podcast, always finding a way to liken it to something. Because if it's just the words without the way to remember the words, it's not going to be something that sticks for us. We have to have those parables, like in the Bible, for example, we have to have those parables in order to learn the lesson. And so I think good content has to have some type of story behind it or an acronym or something that's going to help people remember it um, and use it. I, I think another thing to good content, and this is something I suffer with, is keeping it short and concise. If you want great content that people can use, short and concise, simple is better. Um, trying to think if there's any other piece. If you can add a little bit of humor while doing the content, people will be able to engage and remember it a little bit easier as well. And they'll say that I had fun and they'll come back. It's interesting. Um, Tony Robbins. So here's my story again, right? I don't know why, but I always have to think of a story. Tony Robbins, has any of your listeners ever been to one of his events? Probably, probably a few of them. Maybe you, Emily, have you? No, Not but yet. I know exactly in my mind, the person who's raising her hand right now saying, I have been to every single one of his <laughs> events. <laughs> so he makes you stand. He makes it colder in there. So you have to be alert. He, he's like, get it I'm down out. to I'm 62 <laughs> degrees. And then he has you, he has you, he puts his hand up and he's like, who's with me? And he, and he looks around the room. Who's with me? And he asks it again. And who's with me? And then he'll repeat the same thing that he said. And so he made everybody move. He gets everybody to stand up. He takes um, breaks every now and again. I've got a friend studying to be a bartender. She's not trying to pass the bar. She's trying to be a bartender. And um, she's like, this is crazy. I'm memorizing too many drinks all at the same time. And I say, just like Tony Robbins, take just like a two-minute break. Just stand up, go for a quick walk, scream really loud. Just go, ah, and just one time, and then get right back to it. When you take that small, small break and then get back to it, it helps you to be able to learn. That's why when I practice my Spanish, I do a little bit each and every day instead of trying to do seven years all at once. You know, I just do a little bit each, each and every day instead of trying to do it all at the same time. So Tony makes people get on their feet. He puts on music. He's like, everybody jump, everybody clap, everybody shake your hands with a neighbor. Okay, now sit down. Another random thing that that does just because it comes to my mind is he's always controlling the conversation. You're doing everything that he says. He can sell to you easier as well, but it does help you to engage. It does help you to memorize. And on our podcasts, when we do that and put our content with, uh, with little breaks, with repeating back the same thing that they just learned and putting in stories and getting them engaged, making it funny, when you just laugh, when all you do is just chuckle, 
you're going to remember that a lot better than you would if they didn't make you laugh. You brought up another piece of uh, patio, patio podcasting. So audio format, which is like, I can vividly remember what I was doing when I listened to certain less, like when I was getting certain lessons. So like, I'm thinking of this one guest that I heard on my friend's podcast talking about Facebook groups. And I remember I was shoveling my back porch when I was listening to her episode. So like your body makes an imprint when you're moving, which so many people are when they're listening to podcasts, they're driving their cars, they're going grocery shopping, they're folding their laundry, they're cleaning their house. So that's just another like benefit. I think the nature of audio is like your body is naturally more prone to, to make that stick. So those extra little things you can do to get that nod from your listener are so awesome. Like really? so, so awesome. Um, okay. I would love one, like real, something that makes you just absolutely cringe when you see people doing it in their content. And then I have another fun question for you. Mm. Emily, how many episodes is this? <laughs> I mean, I could tell you a lot of cringeworthy things, um, but I will try to just give you one as you asked. And that, man, it's too freaking hard. Only one cringeworthy thing. And I've got so many and I've got to just pick one. Um, yes, I would say it's people's demeanor, their attitude. It's it's their energy level. And mm. I've seen people make the mistake because they're trying to be like somebody else. They're not trying to be like themselves. They're trying to be like their favorite podcaster. It's really, really good. They're trying to be. Um, like Gary Vaynerchuk, they're trying to be like Grant Cardone. They're trying to be like whomever it is that is in their mind. Maybe it's it's you, Emily. Maybe they're like, I want to be just like her. But some people are engineers. They and and no offense, possibly boring, possibly details, and and they don't dare get animated or change the voice inflections too much because that's just too out there for that person. Okay. And if that person tried to act like me, Adam Adams, then everyone would see through it. Everyone would be like, whoa, this is cringeworthy because this isn't him. This isn't who he is. And nobody would buy for them from them. Nobody would continue to listen to them if they were being somebody that they're not. And same thing. Maybe I have a personality. Maybe I'm just going to say I do for a second to, for argument's sake. And if I go onto my podcast, and I try to be more professional in a way, more um, more quiet, more laid back, more reserved, get rid of all of my cuss words, get rid of like all of my energy um, and be be embarrassed by the times you know, I mentioned that I'm dyslexic, ADD and a little autistic. If I felt bad about losing my train of thought and I was trying to be a perfectionist, People would would see right through it. They were like, "That's not the Adam that I know. I don't want to listen to this anymore." And even if they didn't know me, they could probably tell that there's something wrong. And if you're not being your true, true self, if you're acting as if, if you're playing the part, if you're pretending to be Emily because she's a great podcaster, but that's not you. You're a you're above it. You're below it, or whatever in energy. Then the listener subconsciously will think that she's lying about something. I There's something off about him because he's doing this. There's something off about her because she's doing that. Um, even though they can't 
put it to words, they can feel it, literally feel it. Uh, there's a lot of science behind that as well. I don't have it because that's not me, but we can look it up. They can look it up too. People ask me sometimes like, how do you be so authentic? I'm like, um, I think you just do. I don't really know what the answer to that question is. But no, I think Emily, it it's not easy. It's not easy. You get behind the mic. Yeah. So my mom started a podcast. I'm. She actually hired us. And I know my mom. I've been knowing her since my whole life, literally. And um, she gets behind the mic and, and then she goes to, she's bubbly and she's talking and she's like, all right, I'm going to go. Okay, guys. Um, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mom, that's not you. And she's like, what do you mean? And she gets back. I'll try again. I'll try again. Blah, 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 blah. Mother, this isn't at all you. Like, why are you doing that? And she's like, well, I think I have to like sound professional. I don't have to sound like interesting. Like if I was speaking at a conference or something, I'm like, no, you just be yourself, be your authentic self as if you weren't talking to all this whole audience of people. You were just talking to me and, and our sister and our, you know, the family. She goes, oh, she tried again. And I'm like, that is perfect. She's crushing it now. And it's really easy to listen to her podcast. I think sometimes it takes a little bit of time for people to find that voice, like figure out who that really is. And I, I do think that any content we produce, whether written or audio, like I think it's a good way to learn about who you are and like who yeah. your authentic self is, because the more you repeat your message and the more you say things in different ways and you let your personality out the more you figure out what that, what that looks like. So I love that example. And I love your mom. I want to hear her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you kind of brought something else up when you were talking about the energy that we bring. I was thinking about how podcasting is a really great collaborating and networking tool. Like it is fantastic for that. I've met some awesome people in the podcasting world and some of them have become my, my dear friends, like all through the fact that we just exchanged a conversation. So that's one thing I love about it. But I want to know, like, when when you have a lot of guests on your show, I have a lot of guests on my show. So what are some things like people listening who are thinking about being guests on other people's show? Because that is a lot of my listeners. Um, what are some things that you're like, please just at least do this and do not do this? You're you're listening and you're going to be a guest on somebody else's show. What to do and what not to do. I mean, one thing, Number you, one. The, the way you brought this up for me is because you were talking about the energy we bring. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, red number one is like a podcast interview is not just another appointment in your day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say number one for me um, is Emily, do you remember when you and I started this podcast interview? Do you remember me asking who listens to the show and you 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 explained it to me and I double checked it with you? Yes. Well, I put that into my head and then the next thing that I do is I think of her every time you ask a question because it needs to be important to that person. It needs to be able to be grasped by that person. So on the yes, do make sure you know exactly who is the listener and Start from the point of view of how do I add the most amount of value to that person? Now, sometimes I sound stupid right? just because we all do sometimes. But while I'm sounding stupid with my brain, 
I'm using my heart as a heartfelt message to smooth it over, if you will, so that I can really speak to her and, and, and give that value to her. So if you're going to get on someone else's podcast, I would make sure that you know who that is and that your first thought is how do I add value to that person? Your every thought is how do I help that person? Because if you just answer generally, it's not really going to work. On the negative side, which is more common mistake than you think, people who are getting on podcasts, they say, I want to get on podcasts because I want to get my message out. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying really is, it's about me. It's they, They're not really saying it's about that other person. So for, for me, I may not sell anything to your listener. None, your, your listener may never come to my podcast or to my company, ever. But I still want to know how do I add value to that person? It's about them. It's not about me. Some sometimes people get on podcasts. And they're so worried about selling. They're they're so worried about you. You said it's not just another calendar in the day. Their time is valuable. Mm-hmm. And so we think if we're going to be on somebody else's podcast, we've got to be completely scripted. We've got to we've got to be able to say website. Here's my lead magnet. <laughs> we've got to be able to say. Oh, we've got to have all these um, stories about our clients to, for social proofing to prove that people work with us so that the listener can be like, oh, I could work with that person or oh, other people trust that person. Maybe I should trust that person. We could do that, but that gets away from being able to speak with our heart to that other person's heart and actually add value. And it comes across usually by the host as just self-promotion. And they want to crush the episode. They, they're they're wishing they didn't even do it. They're like, why did I even have this time if this person is just going to be selling the whole time? So the biggest yes is understand the listener of that other person's show, not just your own avatar, but that person's avatar. Who's there and how do you help them? And then on the other side, uh, just make sure that you're you're not selling your own stuff. You're you, that's not your first care. It's not your first worry. Um, and then you mentioned something else. So a couple of random things that you could do. I just had a podcast episode that I recorded. It'll come out in a couple of weeks, but um, it was a checklist. It's going to be a checklist, I should say. It's a checklist of uh, ideas that you could have before you start recording your own podcast. Well, we could make a checklist for when we go on other people's podcasts. Here's a couple of random ideas. It's possible to not eat. It sounds weird. It sounds really weird. Um, but they say that we are more clear headed if we haven't eaten in three hours. Because if, especially if we have a giant meal, we're sluggish, we're tired, etc. Secondarily, I like to put some uh, time in between the different podcast episodes because I want to go to the bathroom. I want to yeah. get a drink of water. I want to go outside and just get some fresh air. Maybe I want to scream. Ah, and maybe just like get some energy out because that kind of releases endorphins and allows me to be able to show up. So, um, so going back, eating, sleeping right, uh, preparing for it. If you, if that's you, it's less me. But a lot of people are like, I really need to prepare for this. So I'm going to listen to a lot of that person's episodes first, and then I'll kind of see how the how it goes, and then I'll feel comfortable. To me, I feel pretty comfortable in most situations, like a chameleon. So it's like. 
whatever. I'll just show up and I'll be good. I'll be happy. I'll be positive. I'm not really that concerned about that. Um, you could, of course, make sure you have your, the right wardrobe. I forgot my hat today because I went jeeping with my son. So we, I, I took it off and then I showed up and I had my wrong wardrobe. So you can be, you can have that intent to make sure that your makeup, your, your hair, your hat, or your shirt, your collared shirt, whatever that it is that you want to wear is ready. Your lighting is ready. You're using the correct microphone. Some of those things can really support that person's podcast. That's just a, that's just a small amount, but I think it's a, it's a few things that would really help if you're going to get on someone else's show. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know, you're speaking my language with the value add for sure. And I do think that podcasters can see that coming when you make the pitch. You know, they can see when you're in it for their their avatar, their listener, and when you're just in it for yourself. All right. I got one last like sort of podcasty question for you. And that is, if you don't mind spilling the beans, <laughs> what is, what do you think is the number one secret to somebody who's, who's starting a podcast and they also want it to make money for them, for their business? Mm. The number one secret, probably. It doesn't biggest, have to be number the, one. <laughs> honestly, probably the biggest thing is that you're more likely to make really good money through your podcast if you sell your own service. Mm. And so there's, I have clients that come to me wanting to do something called the CPM models cost per meal. That's a cost per thousand clicks, the amount of people that listen and people charge or, or pay like $20 CPM. So if you got like a thousand people that download one episode, they might make 20 bucks, but I could get that same person who has a thousand listeners to probably make like 20 grand a month through their podcast. If they sell their own product or service, my podcast is the only form of advertising we do. It, we do two episodes a week. It takes me about probably an hour and a half a week to do my podcast. And we make between 45,000 and $60,000 a month through the podcast and working like an hour and a half a week through through that. And so I'm, I'm thinking through that, like people just don't understand how much value is there. If, if you're there to serve people and, and support people and help people, and you use your podcast as a, a place where you are adding a lot of value, naturally they're going to hire you. You could never make you, you you're making pennies. Like fractions of pennies on the dollar when you're doing advertisers and you're making tens of thousands of dollars when you're just selling your own product or service. It's so easy to make 10K a month, like so easy to make 10K a month, still pretty easy to make 20 or 30K and it starts getting harder, but you could, you can make 50 or hundred thousand dollars a month through a podcast. If you sell your own stuff. That is great advice. So um, we're definitely going to give people an opportunity to be able to find and connect with you. I want them for sure to listen to your podcast because I love it. I listen every week. I listen to every episode. I think there's more than one a week, honestly. Um, and you have some of my favorite people on your show. So 
My last two questions are just fun, like little wrap up questions. And one of them is, uh, who is your favorite podcaster? You can answer yourself if it is legit yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew Huberman is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm really into everything that he, that the type of stuff that he does, you know, I love his take on alcohol. I love his take on ice baths and sauna. And he's, he's got a lot of other really, really great content that he's probably the only piece of content that I actually follow religiously. That's not a client. Yeah, he is a great podcaster and one I aspire to be not like, but ne next to. <laughs> um, okay. And then what's your favorite part of the summer so far? I think this episode is going to come out in September, but we should just talk about summer because I'll be mm. missing it by then. It's been a, it's been an interesting summer. Um, my favorite part, I get, man, I started Turo like, okay. So I was the person who had like three or four cars and then I got a fifth one just because it was stupid. And then I said, this is, this is so dumb. Nobody should have this many cars. And so I started renting them out on Turo. One of my cars is a Jeep. It's a, it's, well, I, I told you about the CJ five, the old school one. That's yeah. where we, my son and I just went for a ride, which is why I didn't have my hat, but I have also have the newer version. That's like a lifted one. And I usually take it to Moab every other weekend. And it's been rented for like the entire summer. I have only driven it enough to get it washed, you know, for the next person. Um, and so I'll have to say my favorite part of this summer was my bodybuilding show. So in June, I, I was working out for about a year, uh, getting ready to do a bodybuilding competition because when I was a little kid, very, very, very young, I used to subscribe to Muscle and Fitness Magazine with my own money that I would make watering trees at my dad's uh, landscape uh, company. And um, I subscribed to Muscle and Fitness and I used to say I was going to get on stage. And then I had kids and I got fat and I became a dad bod. And and uh, and I, I was like, I'll never do that. I guess I'll never do that. And I finally decided I'm, I'm just going to put it through. So I hired a coach for a year and just um, back in June, I finally got on that stage wearing almost nothing <laughs> with all the tan. And uh, that wasn't my favorite part, but I came away with six medals, which was kind of awesome wow. for my first and only competition. Awesome. Well, that is a wild summer from renting cars <laughs> to a bodybuilding competition. I don't think mine's been that action packed yet. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. This was fantastic. And can you just let people know how to find you and connect with you online? Like your favorite spot for them to connect with you would be awesome. Sure. The freest way is the podcast on podcasting. So they can just check that out. Um, and if they want to check out the company, if they're looking to work with somebody, it's just growyourshow.com and they can do a discovery call or whatever they want to do on there. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.